I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's really having some motherfucking trouble getting adjusted to the new year and coming back from vacation my me oh wow that see off balance from the get-go i'm robert evans this is behind the pat behind the <laughs> bastards a podcast where sophie laughs at me for my foibles and we talk about bad people how many years um, into this, this is, are we <laughs> yeah all right now i don't know when this episode is going to air maybe in sometime in early february but this is the first episode we're recording in 2021 and i have just come back as has sophie from two weeks of vacation and i worked every i think day, i speak okay. for both of us when i say motherfucker um it is hard to get back into the swing of things which is why garrison davis is here today to read our episode to me so that i get to skip out on writing for a little while longer and I don't know, maybe play a fucking video game or something. How are you doing, Garrison? Great. I just woke up and I have coffee in one hand and scrolling through my 20 page mm-hmm. monster essay in, on the other hand. You've truly adapted to the podcasting lifestyle, which involves waking up at 1235, frantically getting on a Zoom call because Sophie yells at you for being late and then reading 20 pages about a Nazi. Yeah. Now here's my question. So you have the coffee. You have do you have a secret weapon near your podcasting station? I have about twenty extremist sticks to my right and about, I don't know, five bladed weapons to my left. I got a Mauser. That thing yeah, is you're, so you're, cool. Oh, yours is so so much better. It's so cool. <laughs> I just have uh, the machete Robert sent me. Oh, I I, I have that machete too. It's oh. a Yeah, it's it a is, good one. It's a good one. CRKT. Like yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we need to get you a get you a rifle, Garrison. But first, let's talk about the reason you might need a rifle. These Nazis you wrote about today. <laughs> yeah, Nazi. Okay. Um. So I'm getting. I'm getting a little tired with Nazis. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we all are. That's kind of their thing. They Fair. just they they just keep being a problem. Um, yeah, like this this should have ended. I don't know in the 40s or something, but no. Um, we have we have so many other kind of world ending uh, problems to deal with, like climate change, uh, hunger, evictions, pandemic. But the fascists just keep popping up, and they're adding on to all of these problems. And I am really not excited about eco fascism. Yeah. That's the one I'm most not excited about. Yeah, that's the thing I see coming uh, the most. Um, we're not actually going to be explicitly talking about ecofascism today, although it will it'll probably come up towards the end because of mm-hmm. uh, some of the influences that we'll be talking about. But uh, we're 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 going to be more focusing on uh, good old fashioned Nazi street fighting gangs. Um, Excellent. But we have we have a fun we have a fun twist where it's not it's not just street fighting gangs. It's also a weird kind of activewear lifestyle brand grifty Hell fascism. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's my shit right there. Yoga pants <laughs> yeah. and ethnic cleansings. Yeah, yeah let's do it's this both. shit. It's like this, it's this yeah. weird brand of like lifestyle fascism with mm-hmm. also street fights. It's great. Hell yeah. Capitalize everything, even genocide. Yes. <laughs> so, of course, this means we're talking about the not-so-fine folks at RAM, or also known as the Rise Above Movement. Um, mm. if, if you've ever seen protest footage, especially like a right wing versus Antifa footage from like pre 2020, um, you've, you've probably seen RAM members be- beating up people on the ground. Um, if, if you saw footage from like 2017, 2018, you probably saw RAM members beating up children. Um, that's cause that's kind of what they were doing for a lot, a lot of 2017. Um, especially on the West Coast, um, uh, we, people who we now know to be a part of RAM uh, were popping up all all over. So uh, today we are going to look into the rise and the fall and the sort of kind of grift resurgence of the rise above movement. Um, let me get, this is just another. This is just a side note for me. Um, for, you know, I know Robert, you talk about this. You talk about this a little bit too. But when we try to like cover these groups. There's always kind of a line that you want to draw between like giving them advertising and yeah. like covering them in a responsible way so people know so like people have information about them and about what threats they pose and how to oppose it, right? So I I had a bit of I had a bit of trouble on this one, trying to find this line of, you know, what is too much information that's like making it too advertising versus, you know, I, I think this group is. I think the, this group's ideology specifically could be a real problem in America. Um, yeah, so we I, call it the Savitri Devi paradox of like, okay, how how deep do you get into this thing that people need to know about, but you really don't want to just be platforming? Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's this is this one was a, this one was a bit tricky because I think there's going to be a lot of American youth that's very susceptible to what this type of what this type of group puts out. Um, so. I'm going to get into maybe a little, little bit more detail than I would usually want to for this group, but I'm going to try to keep it in context for, you know, informing people about what to look out for. Because um, I think, you know, this, like, is, this type of group's never actually gotten a very good stronghold in America, and I think they very well could um, because of the weird kind of macho kind of masculine lifestyle activism with like athletics, the kind of thing that we'll, 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 we'll be talking all, all, all about that more later. Um, Excellent. So, 
um, first, first the kind of the origins of this group, what what we know as uh, the Rise Above movement, which I'll just be calling Ram from now on. Um, mm-hmm. First, first popped onto the scene short, shortly after Donald Trump's election, alongside a handful of other like alt right groups. So, like late late twenty sixteen is when they yeah. kind of first first formed. Kind of alongside Richard Spencer and the Traditionalist Worker Party and like yeah. those other first wave groups, yeah. They uh, uh initially so to tell you kind of this to get a little peek about what these people actually believe they initially referred to themselves as the DIY division. So <laughs> so division really obviously trying being, to hack into that 2012 uh relevant stream yeah yeah okay. but also like division obviously being referenced to yeah. Nazis um yeah uh, so but they they quickly changed their name realizing this was probably a terrible name um. So in, in, in early in spring of 2017, they quickly changed their branding to Ram or Rise Above movement. Yeah. Um, they had about probably like a few dozen members who lived uh, mostly around Southern California. The most efficient way to describe them is basically a white supremacist street gang that exists to get into fiscal con- fiscal combat with all of their ideological enemies. So that's really anyone that isn't them or anyone they see as Antifa, but it was, it was very explicitly to get into fights with people. This was like their main, their this was their main focus. Um, Ram has two people usually credited as leaders or co co-founders, uh, Benjamin Daly and Robert Rundo. Uh, the inspirations for the group is a mix of kind of Nazi skinheads like the Hammerskins, um, and uh, European, Eastern European street fighting white identity movements, which we'll get into more in the next episode a lot. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I kind of, I'm, I'm going to be kind of calling that lifestyle brand fascism because of the kind of yeah. weird, the weird white identity mixed in with like this, like selling athletics equipment and stuff. It's also a real good example of one of the things Umberto Eco talked about in Ur fascism, his essay trying to kind of explain what fascism is, syncretism, right? Like fascism in in the United States has particularly um, spread in like by kind of co-opting aspects of consumerist culture. And like, like that's why you'll see a lot of these like lifestyle brands that focus on like beards and tactical gear and like coffee and shit yeah. like that. Because yeah. it's all part of this. It's an aesthetic as much as it is an ideology. Yes. And they, they yeah. are very into aesthetics um yeah they are a very aesthetically focused this was you know one mm-hmm. of their actually um rundo will talk about this later well, actually he'll yeah. he'll bring up this kind of topic when he gives advice for how to start these groups and it's not like the og nazis weren't snappy dressers you know aesthetics <laughs> have always been a big part of fascism aesthetic yeah. was a, it's always been a giant part yeah yeah um so the, the group is if you look at like if you look back in 2017 uh, the group is kind of notable for where it falls in the conservative to alt-right to neo-Nazi spectrum. Um, online, they were much more open about their white supremacist views than, say, the Proud Boys, um, but they weren't quite at, like, Adam Waffen levels. They, they're kind of this little in-between between being, like, super openly Nazi all the time, but also they're they're beyond just doing dog whistles. Like, you know, like, they would they would post Hitler memes on social media, um, and they would like share D- Daily Stormer articles, um, but when they're in like in the streets, um, they 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 fell back and hid behind the anti-immigrant, pro-free speech, tr- pro-traditional masculinity thing, while also using a myriad of anti-Semitic dog whistles. Um, in in an interview, I think uh, uh, Rundo said that. He, uh, someone asked him about quote the fourteen words, and Rundo's like, oh, haha. Well, um, uh. I'll say I'm a fan of the 14 words. It's like he's it's like so they 
they, they, were, they were more open the online. The 14 but words the being, yeah, we yeah. must uh, secure a future for... It, it's a thing about how, like, we have to make the world safe for white children. It's a it's, Nazi yeah, it's, it's a phrase that's 14 yeah. words that's a, it's a just... It's kind of a, a just a, a simple... It's like a it's it's like it's it's almost almost like a code that people yeah. use back and forth to signal their ideology. Yeah, we've gone into detail with it about it in the war on everyone and the the Rockwell episodes and a few other places. Yeah, continue. But yeah, so they're they're a, a little bit more dog whistly in the streets, more open online. So they're, they're it's kind of they fall into this weird kind of in between. Um, I mean, the Proud Boys are more open now than what they were in 2017, but even still, you know, they have. It's 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 a little different because like Ram wouldn't allow people of color inside inside Ram, whereas the Proud Boys uh, do mm. um, for, you know, whatever propaganda reasons. Um, here's here's how Ram described their group on an Instagram post from 2017 in, uh, in June. Quote, we want to rise above all of today's destructive culture and see the rebirth of our people, strong in mental and physical capabilities as our forefathers were. In a time when you can be harmed for your political beliefs or shamed for your heritage, we are here to defend our identity and shared goals. So, like, that's the kind of that's the kind of propaganda they put out and like kind of like the phrasing that they use. Um there's this there's a little bit of identity Europa kind of stuff, and this this group ties into identity Europa a little bit later on. Um, but they're 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 more 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 openly white supremacist than 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 the Proud Boys at this point, definitely. Um, North California Anti-Racist Action, uh, which is like an anti-fascist information collective, um, they put together a really good piece on the early days of RAM uh, back in July of 2017, way, way before the mainstream media started paying attention um, in the wake of the violence at Charlottesville. Uh, the, anti-racist act, the Anti-Racist Action article describes RAM like this. Um, note, they, they use some loaded terms here that we'll try to kind of define later. Um, but here's how Anti-Racist Action describes uh, Rams uh, as, as, you know, as, a, as an organization. Um, Rise Above Movement is a loose collective of violent neo-Nazis and fascists from Southern California that's or- that organizes and trains primarily to engage in fighting and violence at political rallies. They've been a central participant in the recent wave of far-right protest movements in California during the first half of 2017, which have attempted to mobilize a broad range of right-wing constituents under the banner of protecting so-called free speech, yielding uh, unyielding support for Trump, and apathy towards Muslims, immigrants, and other oppressed groups. So, you know, when like Berkeley was happening and all these other things, you know, this group was was right there in California trying to capitalize on the new popularity that this kind of, you know, quote, activism was doing with these, you know, lot, lot, lots of different right-wing kind of um, uh, rallies at this time. Um, back, back, back to the anti-racist action kind of definition. Uh, the group's ideology comes uh, appears to be a mishmash, mostly equal parts of identity Europa's uh, flaccid identitarian discourse inspired itself by fascist organizations like Generation Identity from France, and the fetish and the fetishization of masculinity, physical fitness, and violence mixed in with shallow anti corporate anti consumerist th- themes like in the film Fight Club. Propaganda by the overwhelmingly uh, but propaganda by the group overwhelmingly contains the usual fascistic themes of emasculated young men we- needing to reclaim their identities through learning to fight and engaging in purifying uh, purifying violence. Mm. So very they they basically are yeah. just a Nazi Fight Club. Right. Um, One of the things that's really interesting about not just Ram, but about kind of the way in which American fascism, you know, starting like not starting in 2016, but ramping up in 2016 and up through the Trump years, is it kind of recreated 
all the process that we saw happen in the early chunk of the 20th century like and and ram is specifically we talked about gabriel denunzio in an earlier episode like that he's all about the aesthetics he's about manliness he's about like 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 the purifying nature of violence the sacredness of action for action's sake yeah like they were at that stage of it, and obviously, like the kind of mainstream of American fascism has moved on and gotten much larger and more dangerous. But it's interesting to me that the same pattern has kind of repeated itself here. Yeah, and th- it was this was this was all very intentional. Like, um, if you look at like the anti-racist action kind of brief definition, or not not so brief definition, um, then compare that to like so. Um, this was a ram. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a ram post from uh, Gab. Circa December 2017. Uh, Gab, so, yeah. D- Robert, do you want to explain what Gab is to the listeners that have a better life than we do? Yeah, Gab was the first Twitter for Nazis before Parler <laughs> was popular as Twitter for Nazis. And Gab largely became defunct after someone who had repeatedly talked about killing Jewish people on Gab shot 11 Jewish people to death at the Tree of Life synagogue. Yeah, so here's here's, here's a post from Ram from, from, from Gab. Um, kind of echoing some sentiments that the anti-racist, anti-racist action article kind of laid out. Um, the Rise Above Movement is the premier MMA fight club of the alt-right, representing the United States. Their dedication is to promote an active lifestyle and common values among young people and a future for European people. This is achieved through training, creative thinking, and activism. The main task of RAM is to revive the spirit of a warrior and see the rebirth of the values of the Western civilization's forefathers. <laughs> Oh, the spirit so, of the warrior. Okay. So yeah, the warrior spirit's gonna be a big reoccurring theme here. Um I I was I, I've been familiar with the warrior spirit kind of concept for a while, because actually that there's there's a sector of the parkour community that talks about that. So like I've been and I, I was always weary of that, even before I really knew what fascism was. I always it just felt weird to me and felt a little problematic. Yeah, um, for sure. Um but we'll actually we'll be talking about warrior spirit later on uh, probably more in, in in part two um because there's a, you know a whole bunch of fascist writing about the warrior spirit or the warrior lifestyle warrior mentality or whatever of course this also ties into police training which mm-hmm. i'm sure is just a coincidence um yeah, i'm sure I'm there's certain. no no correlation <laughs> i'm sure there's no correlation between the aesthetics the aesthetics of violence and the warrior culture that ram appropriated and capitalized on and the aesthetics of violence and warrior culture that is hugely popular among law enforcement and law enforcement trainers like Grossman. Um, I'm sure there's <laughs> there's absolutely no comparisons between any any of those things. Uh, it is fun, though, because Ram does hate law enforcement, which is going to be oh, very yeah. funny later. Um, well, yeah, yeah. And that's the like you've got the two chunks of the right that are currently like the, the, the there's like the hates cops because I'm an actual Nazi chunk of the right. And then there's the back the blue chunk of the right. And at the moment in 2021, we seem to be watching the hates cops <laughs> chunk of the right, eating the back, the blue type, because now they're getting pepper balled, which is very fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We, we, we will talk more about I don't this later. hate it. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm fine with just watching from the sidelines. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, in late 2017, late 2017, ProPublica interviewed a quote leader of RAM. So this is probably either Ben Daly or Robert Rundo, but it doesn't identify who. Um, and here's what the article says on the actual like origin of the group. Um, quote. 
Uh, Ram, the leader said, came together organically. It started when he encountered a few other guys with similar political beliefs, including two active-duty U.S. Marines, while exercising at different gyms in Southern California. They all liked Trump, but didn't think his agenda went far enough. The men began hanging out, their numbers grew, many came from rough backgrounds. They'd been strung out on drugs or spent time behind bars, and currently labored at tough blue-collar jobs. Soon, they had a name and a mission. They would physically take on the foes of the far right. So that's 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 how their kind of origin is described yeah. in that article based on the interview they did. Just okay. some dudes hanging out in gyms talking about politics and realizing that they're all kind of Nazis. Um which they were. There's a lot of actually yeah. ties to, there's lots of ties to the, to the actual Hammerskins, um mm. which we'll talk more about later, which again are like one of the first big yeah. Nazi skinhead um yeah. Uh, gangs. Yeah, and we're talking like 90s, early 2000s. Actually, the first named U.S. Antifa group, Rose City Antifa, formed to oppose a Hammerskin rally in, I think, 2006 in Portland. Yeah, we Hammerskins yeah. will uh, will come back here um, mm-hmm. very soon. Um, Ram's combination of influences uh, makes it pretty uh, makes it a pretty unique group inside the states, and one I think that young men can be especially susceptible to under the right conditions. Um, in their prime, Ram just utilized the same kind of meme-centric social media outreach common among the alt-right, the, the joke-filled posts about white identity, victimhood, and heritage, while also being very lifestyle-focused, emphasizing the importance of physical fitness, masculine athleticism, and street combat training. Uh, drawing from skinheads, in particular the Hammer Skin Nation, um, who who also did combat training, um, and actually they did combat training alongside Ram and Ram and Hammerskins shared a few members. Um, I know wh- one one thing Wonder talks about when like he's when he, uh, like now when he's talking about you know advice for how to start groups and why he started this group is like he was upset that the alt right fell into a few kind of factions and feel he felt like his faction wasn't really represented. There was like the whole like. There was the whole like you know the Richard Spencer kind of smart intellectual people in suits doing debates type thing, um, and there was like the 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 very memey right, and then there was the very kind of larpy right where you know dress up in in like tactical gear and go stand in front of a building. And Rundo thought all these were stupid. Um, he's like he's like kid kids don't usually go dress up in suits and do debates. Like it's not really what. That's not really what a lot of young kids do, but yeah. they do watch UFC. So this, this, so this is this is this is what his yeah. kind of big thing was. It was like if if I can get the kids that watch UFC, like if I can get like the young <sighs> teens that do that, I think that's going to be more of a breeding ground than like the Richard Spencer dressing up in suits, trying to look all like cool. Um, I mean, fucking Joe Rogan proves them right in that. That's not a dumb tactic. No, it's not. Which is why I want to talk yeah. about this, and we need to like yeah. watch out for this in the next few years. Yeah. Because he is right about that. I mean, God, I, dress, that's a bummer. I, I would dress up in suits and do debates, but that I'm I'm me. Um, yeah, you wear a bow tie. Yeah, so exactly. it's, it's I'm a, I'm a little different there. Um, uh-huh. but, a hungry yeah, bow tie. I mean, yeah, my yeah, that's that, that's uh-huh. that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, um, let's see. Oh yeah, um, he uh, in in a uh, in a in a YouTube video, which we'll talk more about his uh, uh, Rundo's YouTube videos later. But um, here's here uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is a quote from one of his uh, YouTube videos. Um, I can't remember what chapter it is in Mein Kampf, but the <laughs> one that he says that we need we need more people to take up boxing than we need intellectuals. <laughs> <So>. uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I mean, the, and kind of perfectly embodying that by saying, I don't remember where in Mein Kampf it was, but, but yeah. somewhere, somewhere there, there's a quote. So, uh, apparently, yeah. um, when when Rundo was in jail, he was like allowed a copy of Mein Kampf. Mm, that like, seems like a bad idea. Not a, not a good, not a good idea. Um, but people can't have dice to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that's satanic, Robert. They might use it to gamble. <laughs> oh, and that, yeah. Um, so one one key element that separates Ram uh, from skinheads is their aesthetic. Um, instead of shaved heads, bomber jackets, and boots, they have you know tapered, fashy haircuts that became uh, common among 2017. Uh, half skull masks, popularized by popularized by Adam Waffen, and um, as California uh, anti-racist action perfectly puts it, uh, quote Richard Spencer in active wear kind of look, which Good does Lord. does really kind of ex- describe what yeah. these guys look like. I I just hate that that's a sentence somebody wrote. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating how accurate it is. Yeah. Um, the, the activewear thing we'll be circling back to multiple times. Um, because as seemingly an- another big influence for the group is the uh, Russian white supremacist mixed martial arts clothing company called White Rex, which we'll we'll, we'll talk about a, f- a few more times uh, later. On on the note of uh, oh, oh, one other note on the lifestyle brand element. Uh, from the anti-racist action article, quote, sure. the group's propaganda also emphasizes an anti-drug or straight-edge message, which is, again, a common theme among certain segments of the neo-Nazis who view uh, substances, um, excluding alcohol, apparently, um, as part of the global Jewish conspiracy to weaken the white race. Uh, despite this, many members use a wide range of substances and have histories of being arrested for like drunken fighting and possession in the past. Um, Just one, a ton w- of them, yeah. Yeah, w- w- one RAM member, um, Tyler Lobb, um, has a long history of arrests for driving under, under the influence, drunken fighting, carrying a switchblade, and robbery. And he also he actually managed to get himself shot during a drunken fight in like 2014. Um, See, these are the kind of people who need to hear the gospel of my favorite drink, the actual the lifestyle beverage that I push for behind the bastards, a 2020 highball, which I'm now rolling over into a 2021 highball, which my my New Year's recipe for this is you get a pint glass. You fill that pint glass up 80 percent of the way with 409 and then Robert, you put in no, no. just just a dash of medical bleach and you got to make sure it's medical bleach steal it from a hospital break into a hospital with a gun steal some medical bleach and a dollop of that on top of the 409 and then just a skosh of lemon don't do any of that i think i think it'll cure the nazi problem it'll it'll do yeah exactly if we could get the nazis drinking 2021 highballs we'll have less of a problem with them robert because of can, its health can benefits. Can we omit the part where people have to go guns blazing into a no, hospital? No, no. You don't have to go guns. That's Ideally, the most American you, thing you can do, Sophie. If you carry out an armed robbery in a hospital, they'll probably let you take the bleach. Okay, this is not Sophie. a Batman movie. This is Behind the Bastards, and it's time for an ad break. Don't do any of that shit. God Speaking damn it. of crimes, <laughs> like to here's be the products and this services <laughs> that support this podcast. <laughs> The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. 
The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Please continue, Garrison. Yay! No, no drugs for these Nazis, so so they say. Except for drinking and driving. Except for a, lo- a lot of alcohol. Um, but I mean, like Rundo does truly believe in the straight edge thing. Like they like in, in terms of yeah. like drugs and stuff. They they they, they really are anti drug. Um, so was Hitler, except for all the methamphetamine. He, yeah, he and also saw- like a. Tyler, Tyler Lobb, the guy that got into a, a who got shot during a drunken yeah. fight, was in yeah. like was in like a Xanax club when that happened. <laughs> so like, come on, like, come on, come uh, on, buddy. Like, you, you hey know. man, medicinal <laughs> drugs don't count, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But like they they, they actually are serious about the whole um, strange strange thing in terms of like in terms of propaganda at least. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's definitely like that's a pretty common stream among Nazis. Like you have to keep yourself pure and healthy for the race. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of propaganda, uh, Ram themselves relied heavily on social media propaganda for recruiting. They would often produce videos of them doing combat training or working out. Uh, per the uh, SPLC, uh, Southern Poverty Law Center, um, their promotional media is, quote, targeted towards men who find the idea of a real-world fight club appealing. White supremacy supplies justification for violence, and ultimately this group has been about street fighting. Um, which I, I don't fully agree with the last part there. I spent way, way too much time reading about Ram and watching their videos this past, like, two weeks. Um, and they absolutely care about white supremacy, maybe above all else. Um, but I can see truth, in, elements of truth in, the, in this sentiment. Um, and we'll come back to this topic later when we talk about Ram's uh, co-founder, Robert Rundermore. Because I think there is definitely a little bit of that violence above everything in him. But, I mean, it is very, you know, there's, there is a lot of white supremacy. It's, it's not just finding a justification for violence. It is also they just really care about white supremacy. But back to back to social media propaganda. Um, from 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 the Ram account, they would post videos, pictures, and memes uh, boasting over the people they uh, beat up, usually showcasing footage or photos of the assaults. And of course, this would all kind of this wasn't a great idea. I mean, it was good for recruiting, but this would absolutely contribute to their um, downfall. Um, because you know they're just bragging about all the crimes they're doing in very explicit detail. Um, so the, the ironic thing is that they stress that people quote, get offline and get active and to quit nonstop memeing, despite their, uh, incriminating nonstop memeing about the people that they've beat up and they, and they're nonstop producing a propaganda videos, which I mean, I, I, I get, yeah, yeah. You, I know you need to recruit and stuff, but you know, when you have such a, such a, they have such a, such a, such a focus on like the getting offline type of thing despite their heavily, mostly online presence um, to, for, for recruiting. Uh, another gab, fo- gab post from January 2018 says, uh, um, A new year and a new direction for the alt-right. Time to leave behind the online memes and countless hours shitposting and act like we really do want a world that exists beyond discords and edgy websites. Train, organize, get active, repeat. So... I mean, I get it, right? They, they yeah. want to recruit new members and to get away from the alt-right's kind of keyboard warrior, Gamergate kind of history. Yeah, they're, they're not the ones who like being associated with fucking Pepe's and shit. No, yeah. they, they find it very annoying. Um, yeah. And they find a lot of people spend that too much time doing that instead of beating up children in the streets or killing Jewish people or whatever. Um, so be like this type of propaganda is the easiest way to encourage and influence people to take real-world action. But I still appreciate the irony and the complete lack of security culture that they have um, in terms of nonstop posting about people they've beat up. Like, they, 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 would, they yeah. would constantly make memes about the people that they've, like, beat up in the streets. Like, nonstop. It was, it's amazing. And it's, I mean, part of that is, like, it, it's silly that they did that, but it's not as unwise as I guess it might seem. Because, again, the cops never went after those people for obvious A long crimes. time. A long time. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, the, the, the cops never did. They got in yeah. trouble with the, with the FBI later, but we'll, we'll, yes, we'll, yes, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll talk yeah. about why. But yeah, um, it's th- th- there's a reason in general why the right is so bad at security culture, and it's because the cops tend to like them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, uh, so in, in the vein of like moving beyond online posting and into real, real world action, it's time to discuss what Ram actually did at rallies yeah. um, and who these and who these people are. Um, so Ram's public debut was in March 2017 at a MAGA rally 
in Huntington Beach, California. Um, at this point, there were probably about a dozen people, and they were still calling themselves the DA, D- DOI division. Um, they, they held a massive banner that read, Defend America! Um, uh, holding above it, there was a sign that, that read, uh, Dag Goyam No, which is a, a variance of, of that phrase or a popular anti-Semitic phrase among the right. Um, I'm not going to explain what it means, but believe you me, mm-hmm. it's very anti-Semitic. Um, so at, at the Huntington Beach rally, uh, RAM members were the first ones to start fights with anti-fascists that soon turned into a very messy brawl. Um, fights initially started when a RAM member later identified as uh, Tyler Lobb, the same guy who got into a drunken um, street fight and got shot at a Xanax club. Um, mm-hmm. Same guy. Um, he, he, he started stuff by attacking a, a POC journalist and punched them repeatedly in the face. Then uh, RAM co- co-founder Robert Rundo, who uh, also leads all like their fight training, um, he is predominantly seen in pictures unmasked um, and in videos pummeling a black bloc protester on the ground with his fists and elbows. Uh, footage of the attack becomes a meme for the alt-right and is used heavily in recruitment propaganda. Um, at this time, we have terrible nicknames being given to a whole bunch of right-wing kind of street people. So he he got nicknamed Based Elbow Man, which yeah. is ve- very stupid. Um, but, you know, again, this is used for memeing and propaganda and and recruiting. Um, yeah. Despite wow. clear evidence, yeah, it's not it's not fun. I mean, we're we're, we're gonna. I, he, I will he, probably he got his this. nickname alongside such luminaries as Based mm-hmm. Stickman. Well, don't is, don't worry, yeah. Robert. We're talking oh, about oh, Based Stickman. We're talking about Based Stickman. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> I love Kyle Chapman. Okay, He's coming great. up. Don't worry. Great. He ties into Ram too. Everyone does. Even even um even Joey Gibson ties into Ram at some point. It's, it's re- great that the names, the nicknames of all of these chuds who are only noteworthy for hitting people in the face and not getting arrested will be stuck in my head until the end of my days. <laughs> Yet I don't know the name of, I don't know, like the sniper who tried to kill me. It's very, very fun. I love America. <sighs> As, despite clear evidence of the assault, please do not arrest, uh, please do not arrest Rondo, nor would he ever face city or state charges. Um, no, why would he? Yeah. Um, Alternatively, police were quick to arrest three anti-fascists in Huntington Beach who defended themselves from uh, the, defended themselves, POC journalists and others from Ram's attacks. The three anti-fascists were charged with quote felony illegal use of pepper spray. Mmm. Yeah, that'll really fuck you up. That pepper spray. <laughs> they charged with a felony for using pepper spray for defending themselves against Nazis. Oh, um, th- uh, thankfully, yeah, thankfully, th- three months later, awesome. the DA, the DA dropped the charges because they were stupid. Okay, that's, that's um, good. yeah, because they were, because it was lunacy. Yeah. yeah, but the police decided to arrest three anti-fascists that day and let all the Nazis go and charge yeah, and them. fuck with, their lives up with, I mean, like, if with it doesn't fuck charges, you up forever yeah. if it gets dropped, but it fucks you up while those charges are on you. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I just applied for citizenship and if I yeah. was ever charged with something and it was dropped. I would have to put that on my application. Uh, I was charged with felony right at, at, this, at this one point. Charges later dropped, mm-hmm. but I still have to say that. That that yep. you have to you have to put that in a lot of stuff. It's terrible. That's why I'm glad you're much faster than the cops. And I'm glad that I got my stuff paper all, papers all submitted now, um, which is which is good. Um, anyway, um, felony illegal use of pepper spray, which is maybe one of the funniest felonies that I've ever heard. Besides, yeah, I've but, lost count of the number of people who have pepper sprayed me at rallies. <laughs> So many, <laughs> yeah. like August twenty second alone. There yeah. was so much mace in the air. Yeah, it was. Also, I, I got wild. I got maced by DHS like four nights ago. 
They had giant. Yeah. They, they they had mace cannons. Yeah, I saw those. The super they, soakers. Yeah, they had mace super soakers. <laughs> I would constitute that uh, a felony, illegal use of pepper spray. But whatever. Anyway, see, it's been months since I've been maced by DHS. Now you've got me jealous. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was great. Actually, the, the the tear gas was a little pleasant. It was a little nostalgic because because yeah. it, it was only a little bit, and it was yeah. it was it was almost fun. Just um, a whiff. Just just a whiff. So let, let's flash, flash forward to April 15th, so like a, a month after this mega rally in Huntington Beach. But uh, April 15th, Berkeley, California. Um, this is when RAM first came under the eyes of anti-fascist researchers. Um, this was the second big uh, Ber- Berkeley rally with upwards of a thousand people. Um, this is when RAM starts making connections with other neo-Nazi and alt-right groups. Uh, RAM themselves attended the rally with the neo-Nazi, quote, race realist group, Identity Europa. Um, and they, they actually, like, carpooled with its leader, and a, and a, a leader who is a, a, a former Marine, Nathan Domingo. Which, um, side note here, I always thought Domingo was, like, in his 40s or 50s because he looks very old. But he's, like, 34. Mm. It's shocking. I was so confused. It's all the cocaine, which they don't talk about because they're a little too smart to usually talk about it. But all of these guys are doing a fuckload of blow, especially the Proud Boys. Like, it ages these motherfuckers. It's amazing. He was born in 1986, which he looks 50 years old. Yeah, he's two years older than me. Shocking. I was was very surprised. Anyway, um, Ram Carr pulled with this asshole. Um, who's also a, a, who's also a convicted felon for doing a racist armed robbery of a Middle Eastern cab driver, and he's also Excellent. a former Marine. Um, Domingo got national attention on April fifteenth after footage went viral of him sucker punching a ninety five pound woman. Um, this uh, not only turns Domingo into an alt right meme slash hero, it gave Identity Europa a lot of free press and led to a harassment campaign against the victim. Um, Mother Jones reports, quote, after the punching video went viral, the alt-right unleashed a doxing campaign against the victim and her family, publishing their home address, phone numbers, uh, home address and phone numbers online. She received rape threats and other abusive messages and uh, images of pornography work that she'd done were turned into memes and posted on her grandmother's Facebook page. So that's not great that they assaulted someone and then uh, harassed them online for a long time afterwards. Yeah, but in in said viral footage, right behind Domingo, um, you can see a young man in a gray shirt, half skull mask, shaved sides, and black goggles with orange lenses. This is Robert Bowman, a RAM member, wearing what would become the RAM uniform. Gray activewear, skull mask, goggles, and that Richard Spencer haircut. Um, Members would also usually have their hands taped up MMA style. Uh, uh, Earlier that day, RAM co-founder Robert Rundo um, attacked anti-fascist demonstrators after they insulted him about skipping leg days at the gym. <laughs> so okay, well he's right on that. You never insult a man's quads. Look. So so some teenagers insulted him about his leg, about him him not doing leg days, and then also apparently they insulted him for having a presumably small penis. Um, triggered by the jokes, Rundo crossed over police barricades and started attacking random people. <laughs> I bet he suffered serious legal consequences for breaking across a police barricade to assault people. Rundo was uh, briefly arrested and then uh, let go the same day, released without charges. Um, oh, cool. Why would you charge him with anything? Yeah, sure. No, but like he, he went over a police barricade to beat up teenagers after they insulted his legs. I don't know how to respond to this without being petty. So that's but I, I love how often police have like 
shoved and threatened us with arrest for standing in a street instead of a sidewalk when the street was closed to traffic. Um, but he gets to charge across a police barricade and punch people. It's fucking rules. Oh, uh, it's I great. love America. <laughs> um, at the anti-racist action article points out, quote, Rondo's actions clearly show a desire to not only escalate the situation to violence, but also a desire to physically provoke and attack anti-fascists at all costs. Um, Nathan Domingo of Identity Europa was also never arrested or charged over his assaulting of a very small woman. Um, despite bragging about it on like mainstream news outlets, like he bragged about his his assault and nothing ever happened to him because again, why? Um, later that day, other RAM members, including Tim Gillen, Robert Bellman, Spencer Curry, and co-founder Benjamin Daly, can be seen in their RAM uniform assaulting various anti-fascists and then bragging about it on social media while posting pictures of the attacks. Um, what 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 made RAM different in these street brawls was their ability to attack as a unit. Because they all trained together on a weekly basis, like they actually, you know, like they they actually did physical combat training together. Um, so like they they attacked not as just individuals, but they attacked as a group. Um, they're described as, uh, by ProPublica as quote fighting as a pack. Uh, whilst attacking someone, Ram member Robert Bowman got pepper sprayed in the face with his goggles down, um, and then he was ushered away. Out, uh, he's, uh, he was ushered to safety by Joey Gibson as uh, of Patriot Prayer. It's a fun little tie-in. Um, for people in the Pacific Northwest that, uh, that, uh, yeah. So Joey Gibson saved one of the Ram people after getting pepper sprayed, even though he had goggles, they just weren't on, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this whole, whole fighting as a pack thing, which made them a little bit more formidable in combat versus like the proud boys, which generally do not attack as a group and they mainly attack as individuals. Um, so that's what made them a little bit more effective in combat. Um, we, we still have a few more Nazi crossovers to get to here. Um, at the Berkeley rally, Ram also teamed up with uh, white nationalist uh, videographer and live streamer Vincent James Fox. Um, Vincent uh, would stream uh, the rallies via YouTube and his website. Um, Vincent previously was friendly with Ram at the Huntington Beach rally. Um, he's the one that dubbed Rondo as Bass Dalbo Man. Great. Ah, um, great. Uh, Vincent James would not only happily cover these far-right attacks, he would also, like, incite them. He can be heard yelling, Get the fucking cuck! As five RAM members jump um, a Black Lock protester and begin beating on them. So basically, the guy with the video camera would, like, be behind RAM people. He would, like, point out different people to attack, and then RAM would go attack that person, and then they would go back and attack someone else. Um, after after uh, rallies, Vincent would make propaganda videos for RAM, um, and, and he hands them all of his footage for RAM to make their own videos and memes and stuff. So like we had they had they had like this kind of like relationship circle here for like they would protect him at a rally and he would give them footage to do propaganda stuff with. Um, awesome. Yeah, not 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 great. Again, none, none of these people really got in trouble for this with the city police or state police at all, and they would only get in trouble like many years later after like. Dozens of articles are posted about them, you know, beating up random people. And even still, their charges yeah, are minuscule the, compared to what anti-fascists get. The thing that is should be clear to everyone about the Nazis is that, like, this current swarm of Nazis that are about to descend on D will have descended on D.C. for the third time by the time this, this episode yeah. airs. Is that, like, if one of two things had happened, either one, the first time they beat up a bunch of people several of them had received serious felony charges and had been prosecuted, or if the first time they'd come out to beat up a bunch of people, they had been surrounded by a swarm of counter-demonstrators and pummeled, um, they would not have kept coming out, and none of this would still be a problem. It would have looked like shit for them, and they wouldn't have kept going out into the street because it wouldn't have been... They, like 
the fact that they were not um the fact that they were able to continue doing this and have positive experiences, getting to beat people up, getting it on video, getting their fun nicknames, getting shit go viral, and they didn't suffer consequences from law enforcement, and they weren't there just weren't enough people at a lot of these rallies to like really beat them into the fucking ground, or if there were, the cops stopped them from doing it. Like that's why they're still here. That's why this is yep. still a problem. Very frustrating. Yeah, still still a problem. Um it's it's going to be for for at least a while still. Um, mm-hmm. uh, e- eagle-eyed anti-fascists noticed Ram co-founder Ben Daly doing a particular salute at the Berkeley rally. Um, a, a closed fist Roman salute that moves in an, that moves into an X yeah. with both arms and both fists clenched, which is the he's Hammerskin a big Roman salute. history nerd. Yeah, um, I'm sure. <laughs> so I know I've mentioned Hammerskins a few times already. Uh, we've, we, I guess we, we've already kind of um, uh, talked about them a little bit, but they're they're. Uh, they're considered to be the largest or most widespread Nazi skinhead organization. Um, they have numerous ties to brutal white supremacists' assaults, beatings, and murders. Um, in 2012, of a, a, a quote, fully patched Hammerskin member, um, an army veteran. See, if you see a pattern here, I keep mentioning all a lot of these people are in the Marines or in the army mm-hmm. because this is a, a, a pattern here. Um, but fully patched Hammerskin member and an army veteran Wade Michael Page massacred six people inside a Sikh temple uh, 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 in, inside a Sikh temple in Wisconsin. Um, in in a yeah, so he he uh, so what this is uh, yeah twenty twelve six people died in this attack. There's been about probably like a there's been like around like a dozen other Hammerskin murders um, in the past few decades across uh, the globe. Um, uh, in twenty seventeen. Uh, ben Daly and Ram started actively recruiting Hammerskin members. Um, uh, Skyler Segberg, whatever, stupid name. Um, Matthew Brandstletter, also a dumb name, and Spencer Curry. Anyway, there's three, 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 three noted Hammerskins that anti-fascists have like repeatedly identified. Joined Ram until 2017, um, with Skyler and Spencer being part of a Hammerskin band. Because again, these are the type of Nazis that have like quote, 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 unquote, punk bands, which you know. Any punk will say is actually, you know, it's not punk, it's anti-punk. Um, yeah, you kind of can't be punk and also in favor of the state using massive force to institute genocide. That's not super punk. Not really punk, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like these, these people were in like, you know, skinhead bands and a Matt Bronstetter or whatever his stupid name is, um, and an accomplice beat a, uh, beat a Jewish man unconscious and robbed him in Orange County Park back in 2011. Um, which was like a noted like hammer skin attack. So like same guy now active in Ram, and all these guys are like in their twenties now, right? So like these this is they they they're not like old guys. They're like they were doing this as teens, and they're yeah. doing, you know and they were doing stuff like Ram in their twenties. They're still they're still in their twenties. Um, uh, Brandstetter or whatever his name is was convicted of aggravated assault and it, with a hate crime enhancement and sent to prison for twenty months for beating this Jew- Jewish man unconscious. Back, again, back in like 20, uh, 2011. Um, the anti-racist action article notes, quote, many of these individuals, such as Skyler, also uh, connected with neo-Nazi members of groups such as the Golden State Skinheads, whom uh, stabbed six anti-fascists and anti-racist protesters in Sacramento um, in uh, June of like 2016 um, under the banner of the Traditional Workers' Party, um, or Traditionalist Workers' Party. So it's clear that, uh, yeah. yeah. It's clear, it's clear the DIY division, as it's known back then, is a political collective working hard to bridge the gap between the more internet-based alt-right brand of white nationalism, which is targeted to appeal to a younger, more generally educated, upper-class white man, and the more traditional boots-on-the-ground and street violence uh, tactics 
characterized by neo-Nazi skinhead politics. So again, they're trying to kind of bridge this gap between kind of getting into the street and doing fighting while also still recruiting young people online, um, which is why I am particularly concerned with what this, you know, what a similar organization could do in the next few years. Um, so at, after this big rally in Berkeley, um, uh, uh, Ram also connected with uh, far-right figure Kyle Chapman, um, mm. who, I don't know, I, I don't know if he deserves his own Bastards episode because he's just incredibly stupid, but this is, Yeah, you know, no, he, he just, he, like, he punches people a lot. Yeah, this is basically says a bunch man. of fashy stuff. He, he yeah. was part of the Proud Boys for a little bit. He started the Fraternal Order of the Alt Knights, which again, super nerd. Like, like, the, the, like, Ram actually hates all these people. Like, like, Runder will talk about this. Like, he 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 hates nerds, right? So yeah. it's, it's very fun to watch his videos because like he'll be insulting all these like idiots who are like larping. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, he, this Kyle did this Fraternal Order of the Alt Knights. Um, he started a uh, resist Marxism, which turned into Super Happy Fun America, which did that Boston Straight Pride Parade. All the same guy who basically was behind all these things. He's very, very funny. Um, also very dangerous. Um, and also, I think more recently, uh, pr- Proud Goy stuff, but that's unknown at the moment. Um, but yeah, Kyle Chapman, all this stuff. He got connected with Ram after the Berkeley rally. Um, in the next few months, Ram also connected with various other people affiliated with the Proud Boys, including uh, Juan Cavadid, a.k.a. Johnny Benitz, um, and quote Luke based Skywalker Dennis, which I find offensive. Yes, as as no. a Luke Skywalker fan, I I don't appreciate that. Um, but these are all Proud Boys noted for beating up people in streets during the same time. Um, so they all they they they, they all got acquainted. Um, in in the spring and summer of 2017, Ram and the Proud Boys would put on little like monthly get-togethers in on the on different like California beaches. Um, one of these uh, meetups was named America First, remembering the victims of illegals and refugees. Um, so, like, they would just do like basically monthly beach parties with proud they boys. They deserve and the Ram. beach first of all. So, like, they all live at the beach. Like, Fucking Robert Rundo a. had like Robert Rundo had like a beachside house. I, I mean, and I there's don't appreciate that shit. <laughs> there's a conversation to be said about some of the intersections of fascism and surfer culture. Like it is, <laughs> it is a thing that's been written about. Yeah, um, that do- that math does add up, but I don't yeah. appreciate it. Very is what frustrating. I'm saying. Very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Which is great because when we had a not super Nazi, but like a noted alt right figure from Portland moved to a beach town like last year. And then anti-fascists got her fired from her job at the beach. At the she Safeway. To, yeah, and Safeway, she was like working at the Safeway bakery and she got fired. Um, she got she got fired because she took a leave of absence because uh, they were giving any worker who was scared of the coronavirus a leave of absence. And she took a leave of absence claiming she was scared of the virus and then immediately organized an anti-mask rally. Yeah. Um, in yeah. the same. Yeah, it's it's great. It's good. Yeah. You know what else is great and good and Hopefully helps keep us employed, Robert. Uh twenty twenty one highball. No Good old shot of four oh nine in hospital bleach with a sprig that. of lemon. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh now you want to drink it real fast, <sighs> you can get a second one in you as quick as possible. It's the doubling up that really makes it work. I'll take I'll take some notes. Garrison, yeah. no. Stop oh yeah, it. Garrison, Stop you're it. you're a growing man, you know, you need a four oh nine cocktails. Garrison, uh, you do not you, need that. You're finally done my coffee, and that means it's time to listen to these maybe coffee ads from maybe a 
Ah! Oh yeah, I hope we get another black rifle coffee. Black rifle coffee ad. I swear to God, if we get a ni- another black rifle coffee, ad, I will jump. The off only this coffee building. company that's been repeatedly forced to disavow Kyle Rittenhouse because he likes their product and has also been attacked by its primary customers for disavowing Kyle Rittenhouse because they made their brand fascism coffee. Are you tired of masturbating with a cup of normal coffee while watching watching Hitler speeches? In that case, buy Black Rifle coffee, the only coffee that makes sense to masturbate to Hitler too. Thank you, Black Rifle. I I resign. Here we go. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. 
I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that was a great coffee. Thanks, Robert, for sending me my Christmas coffee um, this year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're back from the ad break, and I did not get Black Rifle coffee because it probably seems terrible. No. Um, we drink Death Wish coffee in this house. Yeah. Let's yeah who have not given us money, but who I quite like. You, you, you know what I miss, Robert, is going to the beach to look at the ocean, um, mm-hmm. which the Nazis got to do a lot with the, with the uh, Proud Boys. Um mm-hmm. Which is weird because, you know, Graham was very like openly Nazi at this point, And Gavin McGinnis was still trying to convince people that he that his gang wasn't racist or fascist at this point. Um, and, you know, McGinnis would insist neo-Nazis don't exist anymore. Which is a bit it's, 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 it's a bit hard to parse when Ram is doing monthly beach hangouts with uh, with the Proud Boys. So real interesting thing there. Yeah. Um, but an observation that the anti-racist <sighs> action article makes is, um, quote, what's clear is that both these groups need each other. The Proud Boys need the numbers and muscle of the, of the neo-Nazis, where the neo-Nazis need the cover of the pro-Trump groups. I think it's a really good um, uh, observation at this time in, like, you know, for, 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 yeah. for 2017, for how this was kind of a symbiotic relationship that they kind of both needed to, to survive at the time. Um, speaking, speaking of Nazis at the beach, um, Back in back in Huntington Beach in May of 2017, Ram members gathered around uh, a beach fire at a at a at a at a public beach next to the ocean with a, a swastika, sun and rad, an iron cross, and Celtic runes were scribbled onto the fire pits. They and, don't. Um, des- Huntington Beach is so nice. This is so. And uh, <sighs> they were also flying a, an American, a Confederate, an iron cross, and a black sun flag. <laughs> Ooh! Wow! Really getting the trifecta. <laughs> Not trifecta. That's it. four. That's four. Oh, right. That's a, Quad Garrison, I, know, I can't count. Yeah, Robert anyway, can't count. America, Confederate, Iron Cross, and Black Sun. We're all, we're all uh, flying. So, what, what do you, um, so uh, unmasked RAM members are seeing, uh, Tim Gellin and Ben Daly are all seeing the pictures. Um, so, w- what do you think these free speech crusaders are doing near a big beach fire in the middle of the day? What, what, do, you, what, what, what do you think, what do you think they're, they're up to? I don't know, maybe burning crosses? They're doing a book burning. Close. Oh, a book burning. Oh, good. Okay, same diff. Robert, what what book do you... Because I have the script. (laughs) I am your overlord. What uh, what book do you think that... What what do you think that... What what do you think they're burning? Oh, geez. What book would they burn? Um, This is a game. Oh, man. There's There's so many potential options. There's like five right answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. I really really don't know. There's there's, there's too many possibilities. One guess. guess. Uh, Catcher in the Rye. (laughs) No, they they probably like that book, actually. Robert, 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 think more fucked. What's like? Uh, what's like something that like is really fucked? To what's burn? something that twenty-year-old neo-Nazis are going to burn at the beach? Oh, probably like the Torah. They get a no. copy of the Torah in there. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, among the books being tossed in the fire were um, Anne Frank's "A Diary of a Young Girl." Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. The, <laughs> the 
the novelization of Schindler's List. Yep. So the novelization of Schindler. Okay, all right. That's creative. Um, um, the Jewish, uh, the Jewish Book of Why, um, cultural pluralism, um, trapped in Hitler's hell, and also they burned the nine eleven commission report. But well, now that makes sense because. Like you don't have to be a Nazi to know that jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, um, they burned at least 20 other books, though, that they deemed culturally uh, Marxist or Jewish enough to be burned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they had themselves in a, a, a little a little book burning in May on the beach, flying a black sun flag back when well, that's like, very no sweet. one knew what a black sun flag was. I guess still I'll, I'll still a lot, a lot of people don't. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah that's what they what were the doing. The Christchurch shooter put on his body armor. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll mention this later, but Robert Rondo eventually gets a Black Sun elbow tattoo. Rad. Okay, yeah. cool guy. Cool yeah. dude. Anyway, um, quick quick rundown of some of Ram's activities pre, pre-August 2017. Um, well, Los Angeles, California, May 1st. Ram members attended the May Day actions, hoping to get into fights with left-wing activists. Um, San Bernardino, California, June 2017. Ram members participated in a, quote, anti-Sharia law protest, in, uh, protesting a bill that would make, quote, uh, pr- pr- protesting in support of a bill that would make, quote, practicing Sharia law illegal. Which is very, very dumb. Because um, that's not how laws work. Um, they, they held no. signs that read, Refugees, stay away. Not welcome. Um, and another sign that was like, "Defend Great. America." Islamists out. Um, and that that that, that uh, depicted a lance lance wielding crusaders on horseback chasing away fleeing Muslims. So that's 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 in June. Um, Great. Also, to- not super historically accurate because uh, let's just say Crusader cavalry didn't have shit on Saladin. Mm. But I, I anyway. don't think these people really care about history that much. About what happened during the actual crusades? crusades? Yes. Yeah, no, <laughs> not really. Um, uh, se- se- uh, Torrance, California, July 2017, Red members hung a, quote, secure borders, secure future banner over the uh, uh, 110 highway or freeway. freeway. I don't know how to say, I don't know how to say local, local, f- I know there's like, Certain ways to say the numbers. It's the one ten. For... It's the one ten. One twenty. Oh, I got yeah, it. Okay, one ten. Just call it the one ten. Yeah. Garrison, Great. You were you were cool and hip, dude. I, I know all the California highways now, yeah, like bro. the I five. Oh no, that Canadians aren't point. allowed yeah. further south than Reading. <laughs> um, and then uh, finally, um, in also in July 2017, in San in, in uh, Santa Monica, Ram members attempted to, to disrupt a committee for racial justice meeting. Um, also at the time. A lot of RAM members were working at a tree trimming business that was run by Benjamin Daly. So, like, they were all working at their gang. The leaders. only job they could get. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's fun looking. I mean, their business is currently shut down because Benjamin Daly is currently in uh, prison uh, for things he will do later. Um, but uh, it's fun going. To, you, you could, but his Yelp page is still up. So you can like read reviews of like people saying, "Hey, you're a fucking Nazi," uh, but he's like, "Oh, how rude!" And it's, yeah, it's real, real stupid, real, real dumb. Um, so anyway, this this leads up to August 2017 and the Unite the Right rally. Um, at this point, Ram uh, Ram claimed to have over 50 members, although it was way more likely they had around 10 to 15 guys and were just lying about their numbers uh, to make them seem seem bigger than what they actually were. Um, 
But due to their social media presence, um, they had gained a national reputation as like an intense white supremacist street fighter uh, group. Uh, Tim Gellin and Ben Daly are front and center in one of the most widely circulated photos of the Tiki Torch rally. They're like right there. You can see you can see their little little faces because they have both have they both have very unique heads. Um, so yeah, they're they're front and center. Um, uh, on uh, uh, August 11th, the, the night before, you know, the big the big day on August 12th, um, both men, uh, Gillen and Daly, had uh, gun charges from 2014, actually, um, and Gillen had been uh, jailed for illegal possession of an unserialized handgun, and Daly was arrested and convicted of illegally carrying a, con- a concealed snub-nosed uh, 357 Magnum revolver. So they both these guys here apparently had gun charges, so I don't think they were carrying it this time, but a lot of people made that note, so I'm like, okay, I guess I'll put it in two, sure. Yeah, um, and a lot of people, a lot of these guys who can't legally carry or own guns still do, because again, the police very rarely punish them for breaking the law. Yeah. So, th- these guys were chanting, you know, you will not replace us, Jews will not replace us chance, um, alongside fellow Ram member uh, Cole White, unfortunate name for a Nazi, um, and hundreds of other um, young men. So they were, there was there was at least three or four people from Ram there that night um, uh, chanting. Uh, the the Ram members in Charlottesville participated in attacking the anti-racist, anti-fascist protesters at the University of Virginia campus uh, when the hundreds of Nazis surrounded the few dozen people holding uh, an anti-racist banner. So the, uh, Ram was a part of the attack on the people uh, in, in front of the statue that night. Um, the next day, August 12th, at the main Unite the Right event, at least four RAM members were present and can be seen attacking anti-fascist counter-protesters starting very early on in the day. Um, when I was, I mean, I was looking through old footage for this, for writing, and I was able to actually, like, I was, I was, I've been reading enough about these guys and watching enough other videos that I was, like, able to, like, pick out people, just, like, just with my own eyes without having to pause or anything. I could, I could like, track certain people th- throughout the crowd because they, they, were, they were very active in beating up a lot of people um, on, on August 12th. Um, Ben Daly, Tim Gellin, um, Cole White, and Michael Misilis. Um, all these guys were attacking people this day. Um, the uh, latter, which is also uh, documented attacking people back in Berkeley. Um, uh, that's Michael Misilis, who is also a PhD student at uh, the uh, UCLA and possessed government security clearance for work on sensitive research at uh, defense contractor Northrop Grunman. Um, so that's good. No, it's that- not. I it's don't not, like that. It's not. It's not. It's not ideal. Well, uh, at least it's at least it's not our dear friends over at Raytheon. Raytheon, yeah. that would really break my heart. But Raytheon is still pure and one of the best LGBT employers in the nation. Because at Raytheon, we don't care what you believe or who you love. We just care that you're willing to make a missile guidance chip that we can use to detonate a school bus in Yemen filled with 33 children. That's all that matters to Raytheon, and I think that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful, Garrison. Maybe maybe you can give in a good word for Michael uh, Misilis. Um, no, no. They won't hire Nazis at Raytheon. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, eventually he was fired from Northrop Grumman. How uh, following, fucking right? What? Ha- following reporting <laughs> of him, you know, being a Nazi. Um, but yeah, kind of concerning he had government security clearance to work on, like, sensitive research. So that's not ideal. I don't um, like yes. it, guys. I don't. I don't. So after Unite the Right um, and the murder of Heather Heyer, scrutiny was finally put on these new alt-right groups. Um, Ram leader interviewed by ProPublica stated that after August, he uh, the group is, quote, trying to stay away from rallies. Um, 
<laughs> because you know they killed somebody um, and beat up you know dozens of other people. Um, so for over a year after Unite the Right, the only legal trouble the only legal trouble Ram had gotten into was when uh, Rob Rundo was briefly detained in Berkeley. But so far they had faced no uh, no no actual consequences for their assaults, despite bragging about them all over social media. Well, that slowly started to change a little bit um, between October seventeen uh, October twenty seventeen and August twenty eighteen. Uh, ProPublica and PBS Frontline had began uh, reporting on RAM and their involvement in the violent activities and violent attacks. Um, a lot of the research um, done on RAM was first actually done and made public by North California Anti-Racist Action. Um, and their really good article that they put out on RAM from July 2017, which I've already quoted from a lot. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, ProPublica and Frontline did a good job getting this reporting out into the mainstream. But unfortunately, most of their work is actually heavily plagiarized. <laughs> um, uh. Between... It's plagiarized mostly from all, all the RAM stuff is plagiarized mostly from the anti-racist action article. Um, and they also did stuff on uh, Adam Waffen, which they plagiarized a lot of work from Jay Canahan um, on. And I know like a like Frontline won like Emmys for this work and stuff. I think they won most, a Pulitzer. Like they, and yeah, they Jake, won a Pulitzer. Jake and his partner were initially left off of the Pulitzer. Yeah, it's very yeah. frustrating. And they stole oh, most shit. of this work, actually. Yeah. Um, Extremely frustrating, but it yeah. did get the reporting into like the mainstream, so it got people upset about it. So that pressured the FBI to actually take some action. But again, they didn't really credit who did the actual work, and it's very, yeah, very, very frustrating. But we will, yeah. That's um, I mean, for for Ram North California anti anti racist action, um, did amazing amazing work identifying all of these Ram people, uh, finding out lots of information about them, um. They were they were like I mean again they, they all did this like before before like um char, like before the the, the 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 Charlottesville rally like they did this before it was you know popular to start naming these people um, so great great work there guys um, so with with mounting evidence against Ram from multiple sources including more and more mainstream outlets because I mean the Guardian and other you know articles from mainstream. Uh, 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 publications started, you know, referring to the ProPublica stuff. So, like, you know, it was, you know, it went through the cycle of Guardian, CNN, whatever. Um, so, with matching evidence, the FBI started to pay attention. Um, on Tuesday, October second, twenty eighteen. So, this is four hundred and sixteen days after the Unite the Right rally. The FBI arrested four RAM members for their role in the violent August uh, rally. So timely. 400 days after Unite the Right, FBI arrests four people. Um, that's Ben Daly, Tim Gellin, uh, Cole White, and Michael uh, Mizzalis. Uh, ProPublica article, uh, qu quoting another ProPublica article post the attack, mm. um, quote, the, the four men were charged with having traveled to Charlottesville with the aim of inciting a riot and conspiracy to incite a riot. And prosecutors submitted an array of photographs and videos capturing the men pummeling and choking protesters over the two days. Um, after, after a few months, the four men eventually all pleaded guilty, admitting their actions were not in self-defense. Um, and in July 2019, three of the four men who pleaded guilty to federal charges for their role in the violence um, were sent to uh, prison with terms ranging from 27 months to 37 months. Uh, the fourth man, Kyle White, was let off easy for um, uh, quickly cooperating with authorities and because he, quote, disavowed his hateful ideology. So... He he got to avoid federal prison for Seriously? disavowing his his hateful ideology. Yeah, hmm. only only serving s seven months in like a jail 
after his arrest, you know, but before the trial. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would disavow a lot if I could, if it could get me out of federal prison, but whatever. Um, but hey, three out of four Nazis ain't bad. The justice system prevails. Yay, not actually, not so fast. Um, in late October 2018, FBI brought charges against four other RAM members, including co-founder Robert Rundo, Tyler Lobb, again, the the Xanax dr- drunken fight guy, um, mm. Ro- Robert Bowman, and uh, Aaron um, Eason. I don't know how to say his name. Who cares? Um, but the, the, the uh, FBI brought charges against these four guys for their involvement in the mega rally in Huntington Beach. So this was like, I don't know, 500, f- almost 600 days after the Huntington Beach rally. Jesus. Uh. <laughs> Great work, FBI. Real timely. But, you know, the FBI is bringing charges against teenagers with umbrellas in Portland, though, m- at much faster rate. They're, no, they, they're bringing charges for people, you know, in August. They brought charges, for, you know, back in October. So that's like two months against that teenager with, with an umbrella. So they're really on the... On the on on the on, on the front line there, but it takes six hundred days to get the Nazis um, too bright about their assaults. Hey, um, anyway, better late yeah. than never. You know? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So four for the people got uh, brought charges uh, against them um, for their for the Huntington Beach stuff as well as the various others you know events um, around the time Ben Daly and three of the Ram members were arrested. In uh, you know so like the 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 the, the Charlottesville people were arrested in like early October. Um, around the same time, Robert Rondo's house in Huntington Beach got raided by the FBI, deploying flashbangs into his like bedroom. <laughs> um, Amazing. But Rondo wasn't arrested that day. He was there, but they didn't arrest him. So they raided <laughs> his house. They're like, all right, we didn't find anything. You're free to go. Um, shortly after this, he attempted to flee to, he attempted to flee to Ukraine, where there's like a white nationalist stronghold. But uh, because of travel restrictions put on him by American authorities, he got flagged as a tier one operator of domestic terrorism. Um, and so he was turned back uh, to the U.S. after attempt- attempting to transfer flights in London. Um, weeks later, he made his second attempt to flee. He walked across the border into Mexico and made his way to El Salvador to, quote, take a vacation and see the beaches. Um, late, late, later this month, while getting on a flight from El Salvador to Argentina, he was arrested and sent back to the States. So he tried multiple times to flee to other countries um, to because like he, he, he knew that like people were going to come to get him eventually. Um, so he tried to get away and did not do it very to successfully. To see the beaches in quotes. <laughs> yeah, to take a vacation. He wasn't, he wasn't fleeing, he was taking a vacation. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it is a good time to take a vacation. Look, it's not bad at... <laughs> At time and things necessarily. Uh, um, so th- three of the RAM members got arrested as well. This new group of arrests follows similar charges as the previous set of RAM arrests, uh, citing felony rioting uh, violations. Um, this time, only one of the members pleaded guilty. This was uh, Tyler Lobb. The other three did not plead guilty to the charges. And uh, in June of 2019, United States, Drist- United States District Court Judge Cormac J. Carney, it's a funny name, um, dropped all of the federal rioting charges uh, uh, for all of the RAM members um, in, this, in this latest bout of arrests on the grounds that the statute used to prosecute the men infringed upon their First Amendment rights to free speech. So the idea that you can't assault people um, and then brag about it, I guess, was a violation of the First Amendment. Um, 
Judge uh, Judge Carney, a conservative Republican appointed by George W. Bush, wrote the charges were unconstitutionally overbroad in violation of the First Amendment. It is easy to champion free speech when it advocates a viewpoint in which we agree. It's much harder when the speech promotes ideas we find abhorrent. But an essential function of free speech is to invite dispute. I don't care what idiots Antifa are. You're both young men. You don't want to be in custody for years. So that's he's speaking to Rundo and a few other people being like, I don't care if you want to beat up Antifa. You're both young men. You should not be in prison for a long time. Um, so that's great that they were let off the hook from that. Um, poor, uh, per, court, per, per courthouse news lawyers. Um, but courthouse is like a law website, I guess. I don't know. Um, lawyers for RAM members stated the charges the men faced uh, conspiracy to commit rioting and travel or use of the interstate commerce to in- with intent to riot do not pertain to the actual physical, viol- physical violence that took place. The law can't go and suppress everyone's First Amendment rights, adding, quote, people who commit crimes will continue to be punished, which makes no sense because these people committed crimes and absolutely got punished in no way, got let off. Um, so in total, I guess four members of RAM got arrested by the FBI, actually got charged, and the other four uh, did not. So, yay, I, I, don't, I don't know. So it's very stupid because these guys got arrested by the FBI, and then a federal judge dropped the charges for half of them, citing First Amendment violations, I guess. But this was about yeah. felony writing and beating people up, so it's a weird And it's, it's very uncommon for, if you know how the FBI works, they don't generally charge people unless they are very confident. It's like weird for them. It's one of the reasons why federal charges very rarely don't get convicted right like it's they generally put stuff out when they're fairly confident so it's weird that they drop so many charges against these guys and it kind of suggests maybe i don't know maybe there was pushback behind the scenes to prosecute right-wing vigilantes yeah yeah i don't know not not great so four got arrested and sent to prison for at least a little bit of time and the other four did not. Um, but the story of Ram is not over yet. While, while one of their leaders, uh, Ben Daly, is still in federal prison, the other, Robert Rundo, is out frolicking around Europe trying to establish a new brand, which we will have the not pleasure of hearing about in uh, part two. So, yay! yay! More, more, more fake brands of clothing coming up soon. Stay, stay tuned. Great. Stay tuned. Awesome. Well, I feel great. So good. Uh, Want to go to the beach? I would love yeah. to go to the beach again sometime and not do a book burning, which seems like a waste of time at the beach. It, go it to the beach. Does mace some people? You know, felony illegal use of pepper spray. Yeah. Well, I only like to use it legally, um, which is why I put on a swastika before I pepper spray people. There you go. Great. Ew. Well, that's that's the episode. I, I don't know what else to say here. Um, Nazis suck. Garrison, where can people follow you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Garrison. I guess this is the end of a podcast. Um, yeah. So I have a Twitter account that I occasionally post videos on from protests, I guess, called at Hungry Bowtie. Um, I, uh, I guess, have a YouTube page where I post some of the same videos, but edited, edited together with funny music now, which I'm doing more of because it's more fun and less depressing. Um, yeah. And I guess I also have a, a have a I work on a podcast called Uprising, a guide from Portland. If you've heard of that, it's about the Portland BLM uprising in. Uh, oh, I haven't. That sounds fascinating. Oh, you you will love it, Robert. It's great. We mm. talk about a whole bunch of stuff about protests big, and big feds. fan. Yeah. Oh, good. Great fans of the show. Wonderful. Oh, you listen, Sophie. That's good. Yeah. Highly great. recommend. 
yeah, those those are those are the main things. That's, um, that's so cool. Absolutely. Glad, glad to know about all that, Robert. I'm, I'm 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 I think this is where we bid everybody goodbye. Yeah, you know, uh, I would like you all to just kind of you know think think a lot about where this nation is heading, about kind of what we've seen since 2017 with groups like Ram, and then. Pick up a gun, go to your nearby nearest hospital, God damn steal it, their Chris, bleach, cut the and audio. mix up cut a delightful 2020-21 call. <laughs> All right. I think it's the end of the episode. Yes. Yeah. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.